Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411. Your home for all your four and two-wheel action in Africa. Coming up in this episode, we round up the World Rally Championship Croatia Rally with the voice of rally, Colin Clark. And we find out all about the 4x4 challenge with the Kenya Racing Team Chairman, George Njoroge. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to the show. So the World Rally Championship was in Croatia last weekend. And it was Elvin Evans who won the event, uh, followed by Oit Tanak and Esabeka Lapi. In the driver's standings, it's Sebastian Ogier and Elvin Evans who are joint leaders on 69 points. One point behind on 68 is the reigning world champion Kali Rovampera. And on 65 points, it's Oit Tanak, the 2019 world champion. And rounding off the top five is Thierry Neuville with 58 points. Let's get more news, including his reaction to the death of Craig Breen. It is the voice of rally, Colin Clark. Colin, uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. You're in Adelaide, well, the south of Australia. What are you doing there? It's always, always lovely, lovely to hear your voice, Sean. Uh, yeah, rallying, o- always rallying. There's a, there's a rally in a small town called Burra in South Australia, and uh, it's a fantastic event. It runs over two and a half days. 430 kilometers, classic cars, um, proper Australian outback. It's just a wonderful event. So I'm, I'm covering that in South Australia this week and, and having a lot of fun as always. A, a lot of traveling for you, Colin. Uh, you've just come from the Croatia Rally, the WRC Croatia Rally. A very emotional time for the World Rally Championship following the death of Craig Breen. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on his death? Yeah, you know, Craig was, was a lovely guy. He was a really good friend of mine. And it was a... Uh, it was a tragedy that stopped us all in our tracks. You know, it's a long, long time since we lost uh, a top-line driver in the WRC. It's nearly 50 years. We, we, we lost poor Michael Park nearly 20 years ago as a co-driver. A long time since the driver passed away. And, you know, Craig, Craig was a really good friend of mine. And he was a friend of a lot of people because he was such a lovely guy. He was, he was down to earth. Uh, he loved his motorsport. He loved rallying. His enthusiasm for rallying um, was really, really infectious. Uh, and he was, you know, someone said to me, he said, look, Craig, he was, he, he talked like one of us and he drove like one of them. And I thought, yeah, that sums Craig up. He, he was one of us. He was a rally fan at heart. He was an absolute passionate rally fan who was living his dream. And his dream was to drive rally cars. And it didn't matter if it was, you know, a top of the line rally one car, which, which he drove brilliantly in Sweden, just just a couple of months ago, um, or, you know, a classic car from the 80s and 90s that he drove back on the, the tarmac roads back home in Ireland. He just took enormous joy from rallying and gave enormous joy to an awful lot of people. And, and the news of his death shocked so many of us because, you know, we, we, he was friends with so many people. He, he, there, wasn't, there wasn't a single person who had a bad word to say about Greg. Uh, and he always had time for everyone, for, for fans, for media, you, you know, media job in, in motorsport can, can be quite hard at times. And, and Craig made it easy for us media folks because he was a joy. He was a complete joy. He was fun. He, he loved his rallying, he loved competing and going fast. Uh, and he loved talking about it. And, and yeah, you know, he, he was just too young, too young to, to, to leave us, sadly. 
But yeah, as I say, the, the rally Croatia was was a different kind of rally because of the, the atmosphere and because obviously there were so many people wanting to pay tribute to Craig and to Craig's memory. And I think it was done really nicely at Croatia. Um, there was a lot of dignity in the tributes that were paid to Craig. Uh, and, and, you know, there's absolutely no question that Craig would have wanted the rally to go ahead. His family very much wanted the rally to go ahead and for Hyundai to compete. Um, and you know, the drivers talked to Craig's mum and dad over the weekend, um, the weekend before. And, you know, Craig's mum in particular said to them, boys, what you have to do is enjoy your rallying. So many of you just seem so upset, so t uptight, so angry at times. Craig, Craig was never like that. Craig was always just an absolute joy, even when things weren't going well. And his mum said to them, look, boys, you know, you're six or seven of you in the world. There are millions of kids that want to be rally drivers. And only six or seven of you can be rally drivers. So go out and enjoy it. And you know what? They listened to Craig's mum. And it was it was just, it was touching, really touching to see the drivers. Really, you know, in difficult times, really difficult times, just trying to show that, yeah, they, they, they know how lucky they are. And that they know that they have to go out and enjoy the sport. And, you know, to enjoy it for Craig. And, and it was, it was, it was, as I say, it was, it was dignified and really fitting for Craig the way that, Really, everyone behaved uh, last week in Croatia. Colin, um, you know, I've had a lot of time to dwell on this. And, you know, motorsports is a dangerous sport. Um, mm. I, th I think what was really strange was the way the crash happened. Uh, you know, obviously, we don't want to dwell too much into the crash. But um, we, we did see the human side of the drivers uh, throughout the weekend. Some very, very emotional words uh, from the likes of Oi Tanak, uh, Esopaki Lapi. Uh, you know, it... it it really showed the the human side of the drivers. It, it did, and, and you know, and that, that shows what our sports like. You know, rallying is different from other motorsports. These guys spend a lot of time together. Whether you're in the same team or on opposing teams, you spend a lot of time together on the wreckies, on the road sections during the rallies. And there's a massive respect for each other. And um, the, the, you know, they're competitive. They're all ultra competitive. They want to win, uh, but they all get on, and they all have a, a huge amount of respect. Um, and there, there are genuine friendships right throughout the service park with the drivers. And, you know, they all lost, all of those drivers lost a, a really great friend two weeks ago. Uh, and you just can't imagine, you can't imagine having to go and, and give a hundred percent commitment, focus, you know, uh, during a rally when, when you've got that at the back of your mind, but they all did it and they all did it, you know, really, really well. And, and, uh, you know, I think you, we should be proud of the way our drivers performed in Croatia because uh, really difficult circumstances and they all did brilliantly well. All right, uh, let's go on to the rally itself. And uh, Thierry Neuville uh, almost uh, had the rally in the bag, uh, you know, and that would have been a great tribute to to, to Breen. Uh, and once again, another mistake for him. Yeah, you know what? I, I feel for Thierry Neuville. I, you know, we, we look at the Hyundai and the Hyundai's clearly come a long way. You know, we, we saw the car first in Monte Carlo, what, 15 months ago, and it looked impossible to drive. It was, it was really a long way short of where it should be. And it, you know, they, 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 they managed to, to develop that car throughout last year and it got easier to drive and it got more competitive, but it's still not an easy car to drive. And to win rallies, Nouvelle has to keep that car on the edge. And when you're on the edge, a hundred percent of the time, it's just, it's, you're just waiting. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting for something to go wrong. And Neuville, he's a, 
He's a brawler. He's a battler. And he battles that car. And he was desperate, as you say, to win the event last week as a tribute to Craig. Uh, and he was in not a bad position. You know, he was he was under a little bit of pressure um, when he put the car off. Uh, but, you know, he was fighting the car the whole time. And it, and it wasn't easy. And, and, yeah, it was a mistake. There's no question he made a mistake in that corner. Um, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be critical of Newville at all because he's getting more out of that car. And Andrea Damo said that regularly when he was in charge of Hyundai, you know, Newville was the one that kept New Hyundai in the hunt for the manufacturer's titles because he was the one that pushed that car beyond really what it should have been delivering beyond what it was capable of. He pushed the car. He was prepared to take the risks, uh, and he got results and occasionally you know, he made mistakes, but, but you have to expect that the car's not right. And it's clearly not right yet for Nubile. He keeps pushing the team, pushing, pushing, pushing the engineers, but it's not quite right yet. And, and mistakes happen. Uh, and it was just really, really unfortunate because he was in the lead. Um, and you know, I think his lead had been reduced a little bit by, I think it was, was it Robin Evans had reduced his lead to around about 10 seconds. Um, but he was still very much controlling the rally, but mistakes happen. You know, you can't get every corner, every breaking point, right? When you're on the edge the whole time. Uh, so I, I felt very sorry for Thierry because he was very, very desperate to deliver that result for the team and for Craig. It's a tough one for Hyundai uh, because, yes, uh, Neville is, is right up there. Um, but do, do you think the mistakes are, are, are cropping up a little bit too often? You know, it's, no, no, I don't. I really don't. You know, he's, he's had a decent start to the year. He had three podiums to start the year. Um, so, you know, that's a good start and he was in a strong position and he's still not in a bad position in terms of the championship. He's only what 11 points off. We've got a remarkable situation in the championship, uh, where the top five drivers are separated by 11 points, you know, what was three, one point separating our top three drivers effectively, because we've got two drivers on joint, uh, joint points at the top of the table. No, it's, 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 you know, it's early in the season and, it, and it's a mistake and, and, and these things happen. You know, Neville can't afford too many more mistakes. And that's difficult with the issues that I've described with the car. It's difficult not to make any further mistakes, but he can't afford it. He can't afford too many mistakes. What's, what's working in his favor is that rallies are being won by, you know, Ogier this year, who will not contest the whole championship. And rallies are being won by other drivers. It's not one driver dominating the championship. So if you make a mistake, you're still in it. You know, if you make a mistake in one rally, you're still in it. If you make a mistake in two or three rallies, you can forget your chances, but things are so tight just now that even although Neville did make that mistake, he's still very much there. Your 11 points is nothing in terms of the, the this year's championship. Now we got an interesting scenario at Toyota where we had Elfin Evans, uh, who was not scoring manufacturers points uh, this weekend uh, <laughs> as a tribute to uh, the late Craig Breen. A, a brilliant rally by him, but a very interesting scenario between the three drivers there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, you know, at the start of the rally, you can absolutely see why you know, it was a, it was a lovely gesture by Toyota. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to deselect one of their manufacturer scoring drivers. They could have kept all three drivers as manufacturer point scoring drivers. Um, but because obviously Hyundai were only fielding two cars, they decided to deselect one driver and, you know, 99.9% .9 of the experts would have said you got it right. You had to have uh, Ogier as your, your number one pick, if you like, and Robin Perra probably, well, almost certainly as your number two. Um, so they did the right thing in, in saying, okay, Alvin, in terms of 
manufacture points, you won't score. He was still obviously uh, scoring driver points, um, but it just didn't work out for them, did it? You know, stage two, both Robin Perra and Ogier picking up punctures, and it dropped them right out to the right out to the 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 you know the battle for the win, sadly. And um, you know, Elvin Elvin wasn't the fastest driver over the weekend, but he was the most clever driver. He stayed out of trouble on a rally, which was so difficult, really. Probably the most challenging tarmac stages um, we've seen in a very, very long time. Very muddy, very tight, broken tarmac, lots of broken edges to the tarmac. So your strategy to avoid punctures um, was one that you had to think about. And and Elvin was clever. Elvin was clever. He knew his pace wasn't ultimately where he wanted it to be. But he also knew if he didn't make any mistakes, his pace was good enough for him to capitalize on others making mistakes. And that's exactly what he did. And when he found himself in the lead, he drove a really clever race to to, to finish, um, you know, on on top of the the, the standings. And it, it was a great result for him. It was his first win since Finland, uh, well, eighteen months ago or something like that, a long time ago. Uh, and it was a great more than that, two and a bit years, wasn't it? It was a long time ago anyway since he, he won a rally. And it'll do him the world of good, you know, because he struggled last year with that rally one car. Um, and a lot of questions being asked as to whether or not, you know, he would have to change his driving style to adapt to these new cars. But but he's just worked away at it. He hasn't hasn't gone frustrated. He's stuck at it. He's worked away at it. And he's found a more comfortable feeling in that car. And I think Elvin Evans can now push on from here. And, and he will be a proper challenger this year. Elvin Evans, by the time we get to the last couple of rallies of the year, will be right in the fight for the driver's title this year. The 2019 uh, world champion, Oi Tanak, uh, telling uh, your company, in fact, uh, your media, Dirtfish, that he hasn't found a sweet spot yet uh, for the Ford. Um, your, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's frightening because when he did find it, he found it for three or four stages during the rally, and he was blindingly fast. You know, Oi, Oi Tanak is still right up there in terms of pace. You know, you have to say Cali Robin Perra. You'd argue maybe even Ogier is the fastest driver out there just now, but Tanak in a car that suits him is difficult to beat. He's difficult to beat. And he's not been in that situation really since his championship winning year in Toyota. And in his championship winning year in Toyota, he was an intimidating driver. You know, he went into every stage knowing he could win every stage, every rally he could win. And he, he frightened the other drivers almost with his reliability and his pace and his relentlessness. Um, and if, if, and it will happen, you know, if M Sport get that car to his liking, uh, he will be a force to be reckoned with. He already is. He's putting together a fantastic campaign so far, you know, with, with the win in Sweden, uh, with the second place in Croatia, and, you know, even in Mexico where he had a really difficult run in the car, uh, he still managed to score a decent amount of points with the power stage points that he picked up. So, He's going about things in a really clever way. He's scoring where he can. He's not making any mistakes. And when that car is to his liking, he will be really, really difficult to beat because we know the car's fast. They need to iron out the few little niggly reliability, niggling reliability problems they've got. They have to get the setup to Tanak's liking. When those things come together, watch out because he will be blindingly fast. There is no question about that. 
right uh, just less than two months uh, in fact uh, this week uh, it, you know it would be uh, two months uh, to the WRC Safari Rally uh, we've got uh, a couple of events uh, in between uh, but for the Safari uh, we, we saw how Toyota did their homework uh, last year uh, particularly with mm. the Fesh Fesh uh, and of course uh, the Black Cotton uh, what they call the Black Cotton uh, which really undid a lot of uh, drivers on the Saturday of the rally uh, no doubt uh, Hyundai and uh, Ford would be trying to do their homework uh, just like uh, Toyota did last year. Yeah, you, you have to be prepared. You know, Safari is such a unique event uh, that you have to be prepared. Now, you you can't test uh, in the you When we've got the long haul events, you can't test even on the continent. So how do you test? How do you replicate conditions uh, in Kenya? Well, it's very difficult. And, and as you say, you know, you've got to have team personnel who know uh, what to expect. You've got to have the car set up. You've got to maybe add a few little extras to the car to allow your car to deal with the fish fish, the black cotton, whatever it might be. But you know, a lot of that is dependent on the weather. You know, the, the, if the weather comes in, you know, it comes down to, yes, the way the car is prepared by the teams, but then how the drivers cope with the weather. And it's the clever, experienced drivers that cope with those really, really ridiculously slippery and treacherous conditions that will do well on the safari this year. You know, okay, we've seen a few big rain showers over the last couple of years, but we've not seen any really bad weather yet, have we? Um, you know, and, and I always like a little bit of weather just to spice things up, but we don't need that in Kenya because the stages are so challenging anyway. Uh, I, that's kind of what I like about the Safari Rally. It, it, your strategy is something in terms of your strategic approaches from drivers. It's something we've lost in rallying. Rallies have become sprints. It was the fastest driver. You're flat out the whole time. And the strategic thinking, the strategic approach has been slightly lost. But rallies like Kenya reintroduced that, where you do have to think about strategy, about your tire approach, about you know how you which sections of the stage you can attack, which sections of the stage you maybe have to be more defensive in. Um, so yeah, all of that's about, as you say, preparation. And and Toyota got it right last year, um, and they get it right just about every year. But you know, I, I expect the teams to be very evenly matched because they all know what to expect this year in Kenya. Um, and we'll probably get to Kenya and it'll pull we're in with four days and it'll be fantastically exciting. <laughs> we're really, really looking forward to seeing you, uh, Colin. Uh, just finally, Colin, uh, a parting shot. Uh, your, your thoughts on the late Craig Breen? Uh, well, I, you know, he will be much missed. Uh, he really will. Um, and you know, there'll be a little bit of Craig Breen with all of us uh, for the rest of our lives because you know, anyone who was lucky enough to meet Craig, um, were blessed, you know, and, and, and I was blessed in that he was a friend of mine, uh, and, and he, he made my life better and he made the lives of so many people that he met, uh, better. Um, and you know, and there aren't many world-class sporting stars, uh, who do that. And Craig just had the common touch. He was just such a good lad. He was at heart, a very gentle soul. Um, and, and that gentle soul will be enormously missed in the world of motorsport and in particular the world of rallying and you know and, and he has friends all around the world who will miss him dreadfully but he'll live on and his legacy will live on you know, he inspired an awful lot of youngsters to get into the sport because he was so approachable he was so likable you know his, his enthusiasm was so infectious and there'll be kids that are coming through in our sport for 10 20 30 years who were inspired by craig Breen. so so his legacy will live on that's for sure and, and no one will ever forget craig Breen. anyone who met him um you will never ever forget that 
that easy smile, those beautiful eyes, your beautiful blue sparkling eyes. He had a wonderful charm and a wonderful wit about him um, and, and just a wonderfully disarming way about him that made you feel comfortable. And no one will forget Craig because he was such, such a wonderful person. Uh, he, a huge loss, just a huge loss. Colin Clark, the voice of rally. Thank you so much for speaking to us as always on Motorsport 411. It's been my pleasure and my joy. Thank you for having me on it. We'll be back. All the four and two wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome back. Now, 4x4 challenges have become extremely popular over the last few years as a budget alternative to the annual Rhino Charge. Georgian Jaroge is the chairman of the Kenya Racing Team. George, thank you very much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Uh, you're the chairman of the Kenya Racing Team. Uh, you had an event over the weekend. How did that go? Well, uh, it was uh, the second uh, round of the Kenya National 4x4 Challenge Championship, which was held in Nero. And uh, it had a massive entry. And uh, uh, on this, I'm seeing now 4x4 is becoming a popular event uh, in our calendar. And... Uh, uh, we have another three remaining rounds, uh, which one uh, will be held by the RSC and the KLT. We'll have another two events by the end of the current. All right. Uh, you are in the calendar, the Kenya Motorsports Federation calendar. Uh, you seem to have uh, noticed a niche. Uh, you know, it, it's become very popular. Uh, how did you get into it? Well, well, I started this uh, maybe back in 2017 when I used to, yes, I call people we have uh, not fans. Yeah, at Champagne Park. Now, uh, that time the club was not affiliated to KMSF, the Federation. Um, I continued just approached the Federation and they, we came up with, they came up with the idea that Kenya Racing Team uh, should be affiliated. That was in back in 2020. Um, so after that, now we had our first championship uh, in 2023 and 2022, where it's inclusive in the calendar. And uh, also, uh, Kenya Racing Team managed also to do one autocross in, uh, in 2022. 2023, now we have a Kenya National Rally Championship, which will be the first event uh, for Kenya Racing Team to host. Fantastic. Uh, just tell us uh, in regards to the off road, uh, the different categories and how it works. Well, uh, we have uh, uh, four categories. Uh, where we start with the beginning of the uh, this is the native group uh, from uh, year ages from 10 up to about 16. Then now uh, we have the intermediate and then we have the experts and the super experts. On the intermediate is a bit uh, um, cheaper to run in as uh, the car is just a simple rocket and the, the other uh, expert. Uh, the car has to have proper, proper, proper roll cage there. And then you have the super experts where the super experts, uh, it's a special modified car where we allow, you can use the potlard zone, you can use the bigger tires and such and such of where the intermediate can use the, the potlard zone. Uh, on the beginner side, around, uh, it's very encouraging because, uh, by the end of the day, it caught me up and then this year we came up with the Kids Academy where we have the age group from uh, 8 to 16 years. When the beginner category was the, the champion for the last two years, 
the ten young old boy where his name is um Monelli Tao. So he come in a high technical somehow uh up the means. And uh when I saw the following of the ten year old boy, I came up with this idea to open an academy of where we'll have um, six sessions uh, learning this year. Already we've done the first one. Very encouraging. I had about uh, 15 students and also some of my drivers who complete in the intermediate and expert, they came out there to help and they are ready to continue with it. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good start <laughs> In fact, uh, one of your members of the academy is taking part in uh, his first autocross uh, this weekend. Yeah, uh, now he's uh, after he's, he's won the two uh, consecutive uh, championships in the beginner category. Now he's moved up to now autocross. Um, so we have now another three uh, of them which are competing this year. But uh, we are Terry Ian and we have uh, Olivier and also another newcomer. Um, Ahmed, who in that category, I know by the end of the the season of the chain, we now have a match eventually in the beginner category. It's very interesting uh, to see the entries uh, in your events. It's actually quite different uh, to the regular uh, motorsport entrance, huh? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I get about almost 20 of them uh, in different categories. This one, uh, you see, uh, the main thing of this uh, event is uh, we are concentrated on just one area and also it's uh it's for also spectators we don't move out to an area we just move around in one ground so even for sponsors um, although we don't have a sponsor at the moment <laughs> we'll encourage them uh to come in this way yeah i think so the entry um most of the guys uh they can't afford now to do uh the of charge yeah so that's why they come now to like enjoy. They have built their cars, they left it in their garage, and nothing to do. So it's very, very, very uh, encouraging for them to come to just a close event, like uh, very near Nairobi, because we are just here in Kajia Dotora. Yeah, that's where we have our ground up. And we have a big space. We can change the courses anytime we want. Anyhow, we have a river bend. So they really enjoy, they really enjoy coming through to the event. George, uh, from your point of view, uh, where do you see this going? Uh, you, you said, okay, you're going to be organizing a KNRC event as well. Uh, in terms of the off-roading, uh, where, how far do you see this going? Well, uh, definitely, uh, Sean, uh, this one I know it's going far. And, and the entries I'm having, um, we want to push it. We want to, like, uh, we see whether we can go even uh, invite the... Uh, uh, people from Australia, CTZ, Uganda, um, they have started approaching us. Uh, how does it go? So I'm seeing as uh, going far with this event, and uh, hopefully it will work by next year when we really have uh, a lot of issues in the same. And uh, let's hope uh, to be recognized in, uh, in Africa also. Have you got some results from the weekend on you? All right. Uh, we had um, uh, an entry over uh, 15 uh, entrants uh, of land. Uh, in the beginning category, we had three, um, and uh, the overall winner was the Agatel Ian, ordered by Olivia. This Olivia uh, is also a 10-year-old boy. 
in the intermediate category, we had the term unsuggestive trust. In the export category, we had the uh, proper term. And then also in the super expert category, I know you remember this guy very well, John Canary, who is very supportive in, uh, in this 4x4 sharing design. And uh, also I'd like to know in Canary, he had a, a big entry from his side. He had uh, three entries where the daughter was competing in the intermediate came up searching in the intermediate category. Fantastic. Uh, George, you're also an assistant clerk of the course uh, for the forthcoming WRC Safari Rally. Uh, how's it going so far, uh, less than two months now uh, to the event? Where are the WRC? I think uh, everything is, uh, is ongoing. Uh, the supplementary regulation, the FIA have approved the regulation. So that means uh, we are ready to go with everything. Next, but from uh, the UK, that's uh, Ian Camden and Jell, they were here. For the week, uh, they left there and Saturday. They have gone through, through the route and uh, approved everything. Only a few changes. Already we've uh, removed the Navasha stage, which will be complicated by Marewa this time round. So, and also the Giannagamo stage uh, is being increased by another three kilometers. All the other stages will run the same like uh, last year. I guess when you were looking at the stages, uh, it was, you know, a delicate balance. Uh, you don't want too much fesh fesh uh, that's going to give the Rally 1 cars uh, too many problems. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to keep the manufacturers happy, but also the character of the Safari Rally alive. Well, uh, that one is big, you know, thanks to Groovy, the clock of the court, and uh, the fresh fresh stage has been removed and it's been then what's that? But where now the stage will be less, I uh, can tell will be less than uh, three kilometers, I think so. Uh, that's on uh, Anoa and there uh, go be well to meet and uh, we are not touching very much into the first floor. There's no first in there and here. All right, uh, George and Jiroge, of course, uh, the chairman of the Kenya Racing Team. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for you. We'll be back. Motorsports 411 with Sean Cardavillis. So that's it for the show this week. Our thanks once again to the voice of rally, Colin Clark, the chairman of the Kenya racing team, George and Jiroge. Our thanks as always to Big City Studio. I'm Sean Cardavillis. See you next week. Oh,